following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas, everybody. I believe you're going to be listening to this on Christmas Eve, if I got my days right. So I pray God shows up in your life more than ever. You know, they say, what is it? Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason. You don't need any season. Hallelujah. I pray that you'll have a great holiday with family. I speak healing over any family relationships that may need it. I pray a spirit of forgiveness. During this time, hallelujah, the Bible says in Matthew 121, Jesus came to save us from our sin. Hallelujah. And I thank you. That is what he did. Father God, we are so grateful for the season of Christmas. We thank you that everybody's thinking about Jesus, whether they believe in Jesus or not, they're hearing the name. And Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is in that. Your Holy Spirit is just hovering over the earth at the time like it was at the beginning, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, that There'll be hundreds of thousands, millions of decisions for Christ, Father God, as your spirit does his thing, Father. I pray that those listen today, Father God, in the uh, sound of my voice, will receive what I'm going to say, Father. I believe I have a message. I'm probably going to stay on this theme throughout the entire next year. The theme is going to be the Word of God, and I'm going to look at, I'm not going to say all aspects of it. It's inexhaustible, the amount of ways you can look at the Word of God and the lessons you could teach. But there are things I want to do. I pray that you will love the Word of God as we continue in this. I pray that we will correct errors about the Word of God, that you'll learn how to read the Word of God, that you will develop a relationship with the Word of God, the Word of God being the personage of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Word of God, John 1.1, hallelujah. In the beginning was the Word, and in the beginning of my day today, was the Word of God. In the beginning of this radio show is the Word of God. And in the beginning of your workday is the Word of God. You have the opportunity to place that Word of God. In the beginning of your school day, uh, in the beginning of your dinner date, whatever you are starting, any projects, let it start in the Word of God. You put the Word of God out there. That means you pray over it. That means you Get scriptures from the Lord that will help you have a better day, a better dinner date, a better work day, a better school day. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me break this down. It's important that you know there are certain religions that don't believe that Jesus is God, that he's not the divinity, that he is not a divine being, and he is God. And we just read it right there. In the beginning was the Word. And I will prove to you that Jesus is the Word. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus, the Word, was with God. And here it is. And the Word was God. So let's get into the proof that Jesus is the Word, and then you'll connect all of these together. The Word is Jesus. The Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was God. I mean, it's really... No the place that we're going to start a teaching than the Word of God, or start anything for that matter. You always start with the Word. 
in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. God chose to start at the beginning, and we're going to do that in this teaching also. In the beginning of life was the Word of God. Let's establish something. The Word of God is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at the Bible. Let's prove it to you through the Word of God. John one fourteen, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So who is that? Who was made flesh? Who took on flesh? Who was God in a body? God in a body was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. Well, who dwelt among us? Jesus dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. Jesus was made flesh. Jesus dwelt among us. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, begotten Son of the Father is who? It's the Lord Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. John one seventeen, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Folks, Jesus is not a created being. He is God, the Word. Jesus was the Word, is the Word, will ever be the Word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Word in the beginning was with God, and the Word was God. One and the same. Don't ever lose that. That's so important. Carnal minds, you may struggle with that. How can all that be true? Know this in your brain. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you spirit to spirit. It's a spiritual truth nonetheless, even though your brain can't figure it out. Furthermore, Jesus is the Word. He is the written Word, as well as the spoken Word, as well as the living Word. Wherever the Word was breathed, wherever it's read, or wherever it's lived out, there is Jesus Christ. There's so many places we can go, so many directions we can go from here. I'm going to try to stay focused here. I wish to stay on one point. When you read the Bible, Jesus is speaking with you. When you speak the word, Jesus is speaking through you. And when you obey the word, Jesus is living through you. When you read the Bible, that's Jesus speaking to you. When you speak the word, that's Jesus speaking through you. And when you obey the word, Jesus is living through you. That's our witness, folks. My point, I am trying to drive home the truth of the evidence that Christ and you are already quite intimate through this word, folks. As a Christian, you must love the Word of God. If you don't love the Word of God, then you don't love the Lord Jesus. You're a hypocrite. You must give the Word of God your total attention. The Word of God must be the code by which you live. It must be the code by which you love. The Word of God must become your all in all. Nothing can come before the Word of God anytime, anyplace, anywhere. There is simply nothing that can ever compete with the Word of God. No person, no desire. No thought, nothing can ever compete with the Jesus, the Word of God in our lives. Learn to think of the Word as the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you see that, once God's Spirit gives you that revelation, another whole new world will open up to you in your relationship with Jesus and God. Look at this. This is so fabulous. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 2. God who at many times and in many manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. There's a lot of revelation in there, but the point I want you to see is God is speaking to us today through his Son, Jesus. 
basically he is speaking to us through his word, the written word, the Bible. Yes, what he did speaks to us in an esoteric type of sense, that we're a select group, and he he speaks to us that way when we read the Bible. But word for word, voice to heart, Jesus speaks spiritually to our spirits. Remember, God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So basically, Jesus speaks spiritually to our spirits by his word. Let me say this. Yes, for us, we have English Bibles and we read in the English language, but it's really written in the language of the spirit. It's not read like you would read a book or a newspaper or an essay. The Bible is read while you are under the breath of God. Wow. Okay, like you go to a library and you read in the library. You're not reading in a library. You're reading under the breath and the presence of God. Second Timothy 3.16, let me prove it to you. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I love that scripture is profitable. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Listen to this in the Amplified. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. You can just study that for the rest of your life. It's Second Timothy 3.16 in the Amplified. All scripture is God breathed. You open up the Bible and it should be like, whoosh, the Lord is breathing over you as you go through the pages. His breath is upon you. I'm a married man, married for 48 years. The only time, my wife and I are quite intimate, the only time that my wife's breath is ever upon me is when we are face-to-face, perhaps sharing a kiss or an embrace. That's how it is when you open up the Bible with God. His breath is upon you. You are close. You are in an intimate relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration. I'm telling you, reading your Bible, it's just not something we pick up the Bible and read it 10 or 15 minutes. It is an event. It is an event when you and the creator of everything that's ever been made are going to share intimate moments. He's going to be speaking to you through the word of God. He is going to tell you what he expects of you. He is going to reveal himself to you. Many of us, we don't give the word his proper due. It's probably why we struggle with obedience at times more than we should. Understand, please, very, very, very important. When we open the Bible, we aren't just digging into some historical writings. We're not digging into maybe fantastic stories of history. Hallelujah. When we open the Bible, this book is different. We are sitting down with the author. I read Louis L'Amour Westerns. I love reading them. And what he's really good at, he's passed away now, but he would write, and they're Westerns, and he had heroes, and he would talk about the country and the land. And when he talked about a spring, or he talked about a lake, or a little mountain chain, or a hill, that was 
there already. I visited that hill and I put it in my book. I visited, I fished at that lake and he put it in there and it created an intimacy with the author in addition to the storyline. That's what reading the Bible is like. The author is right there and he's explaining to you what's been written. This book is different. You can't see him. Remember, he's a spirit. And this book is written in the language of the spirit. You can't even understand it until you get saved. The new birth. It's when the Lord God comes in and gives life to your spirit. Your spirit is dead. It needs the life of God. We're going to see how the word of God is life. He brings eternal life. When he speaks to you and you accept him and you receive him and you give your heart over to them, you repent of your sins, you ask him to be your Lord, he comes inside and he fills you with his spirit. Your spirit has just been lit like a candle and it is now open to receiving the word of God. It's open to receiving the things of God. He's a spirit and his book is written in the language of the spirit. And that's how you understand him. That's how you digest it. You digest it spiritually, not mentally not even emotionally. It's soul food, thanks. The only one of its kind. And quite literally, it is life for your souls. Let's look at what the word does to us. First, the word is profitable. I love that. Profitable. You know, you need to go home and when you get 10 or 15 minutes, you need to make two lists. You need to make a list of what's profitable in your life right? Put everything on one side. What's profitable here? You'll, you begin with the Bible in the beginning. The word of God is profitable for me. And then you make another list. What in my life at this time currently is not profitable for me? And you put them two together and then you start realizing and you start reprioritizing your life. So then he is profitable. The word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is profitable for you. When I'm reading, I must remind myself, I like to read. I love to read. So this is difficult for me at times. I must remind myself, I'm not reading a book about a person when I'm reading the Bible. I'm not even reading a book about a kingdom when I'm reading the Bible. I am reading a book learning the person. I am reading a person. I'm not reading a book. It's different. I have to slow down. This is so fabulously wonderful. I'm not reading about Jesus. I'm reading Jesus. I'm learning from him. He's there. He's teaching me about him from the soul out. His spirit is telling my spirit who he is. His spirit is also telling you who you are. It's such a fabulous, fabulous book. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of one's soul and spirit, And the word of God divides asunder the joints and the marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. While I'm reading him, he's also revealing me to me. He's sharp and all powerful. And he's dissecting me right in front of my eyes. That's what the word of God does. He shows me what's inside of me. What's right, what's wrong. He shows me what's carnal and what's spiritual. He shows me how he built me physically, every joint. Not only does he show me every bone, he takes me inside each bone and reveals the heart of my bones to me, the marrow of the bones. He shows me the wonder of what it took to create me. (laughs) That's the word of God. I love it. Not only does he reveal my physical makeup to me, but he does the same thing with my heart. 
he has me on the physician's table and he takes me apart cell by cell, muscle by muscle, thought by thought. And he shows it to me. And you go back to second Timothy three sixteen, the word of God is profitable. He begins to clean me out to remove the dirt and the sins I picked up while living in Satan's filthy kingdom. He not only shows me where I've missed it, but he starts to make the corrections I need to get me back on track. He restores me to obedience. He puts me back together, whole, healthy in mind and body, puts me on my feet and gets me back in action. I've got to go back and read that again. It's over in 2 Timothy 3.16. Remember, all scripture is God-breathed, profitable, given by divine inspiration, and it is profitable for what? It is profitable for instruction. The word of God instructs me. It's uh, profitable for conviction of sin. While he's got me on this table, he's showing me my sin. It is profitable because it's going to reveal my sin to me, but it's so much better than that. He not only shows me my sin, he not only instructs me, but he makes the correction as well. And he restores me to obedience. And then he trains me in righteousness, how to live right before him. This is what the word of God does. It is so powerful. Look at this. For training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately. The word of God will do this. Behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. Boy, is that missing in our churches? Why? So that the man of God may be complete and proficient. I wish to be proficient in the operation of God's word. Outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what the word of God does, guys. It finds out what's wrong with you. It points it out to you. And then it makes the corrections in you if you will submit yourself to the word of God. That's called obedience. Reading the Bible. There's nothing like it in the earth. Knowing Christ, him knowing you. I cannot say it loud enough or often enough. We must read our Bibles every day. The beginning of my day starts with me reading my Bible. In the beginning of today was me and my Bible, was the Word of God. This is what life in Christ is supposed to look like. Daily fellowship in the Word of God. Our bodies are just a temporal housing. You know that. You get that. Judging by all the health classes and personal trainers popping up in our churches today, I dare say we are making great strides in living and eating healthy bodies. However, that's not what church is for. Church is so that you would be living and breathing in a healthy spiritual environment. But we are lacking in exhibiting that type of diligence towards our souls. Even though we have been given a personal trainer for our souls, God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot work without the Word of God. He doesn't reveal anything of his own accord. He only shows us what he's seen. He only reveals to us what's been written. He works in harmony with the Word of God. He works in harmony with the Lord Jesus to grow us and to know us and to mold us and to perfect us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. If we are not feasting on the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit has no work to do. When we don't preach about man's sinful state and about his need to repent of his sin, the Holy Spirit has nothing to convict the sinner about. He needs God's Word to function. That's why I believe we see so very little of him in our churches. Preachers aren't preaching the word. Truth be told, folks, the church is starving. 
And that can't be like that. That cannot be allowed to go. That's got to be challenged. It's got to be changed. When we pray, we pray that people would fall in love, would choose to love the Word of God, that God would place in them supernatural hunger for the Word of God, that they would desire this and say milk of the Word, that they would grow thereby. Luke 4, 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The church is malnourished, guys. If we would pay the same attention to our spiritual diet as we pay to our carnal diets, we would begin to see some growth spurts in the Lord's church. Not immersing ourselves in the Word of God can have disastrous results. Accenting the wrong things in life will cause us to lose our love for the Word of God. I believe this push for living healthy lifestyles to be a distraction by demonic forces, to put the accent on our temple houses rather than our eternal souls. It's got the same motive as reading the Word. We read the Word to grow and to stay spiritually healthy. But all this energy we spend on maintaining our healthy lifestyles and our physical health and our outward appearance fits in perfectly with man trying to improve himself over the things that he can see rather than the essence of who he is. It goes hand in hand with the deception within the church that emphasizes working on the outside of man rather than the inside of man. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ isn't about what's on the outside, guys. It's about what's on the inside. Second Corinthians 4, 6, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I've got a minute or two left. I'm just going to focus on that because it's important that we see that. Whether it's our modern day preacher, slicked back hair, you know, $10,000 Italian suits, $1,000 pair of shoes, nice vehicles, lovely houses, trophy wives, and a nice smooth delivery of what he's going to talk about. It might even have some word of God in it. We have been focused in America on making sure that we look Good. We've got the best stage. We've got the best bands with the best musical equipment. And yet the Holy Spirit is rarely in these church environments. It is because we are focusing on the wrong thing. The Word of God, Jesus Christ, needs to be the star. He needs to be the center of every sermon. Yes, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, this is His show, folks. This is His earth. Your soul belongs to Him. It doesn't belong to you. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I not living, but Christ is living in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That is the gospel message. It needs to be accented that you have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the gospel. Christmas Eve, the gospel. Jesus Christ calls you a sinner. Your sin has separated you from God. Jesus Christ, who loves you on behalf of God, gave his life so that you could come back and have fellowship with God. You could be restored in your relationship with God. You were created to be a child of God. You sinned. You broke that relationship. Now, your road back is a narrow road. It's a hard road. It's a road filled with hardship and suffering. And yet Christ has paved the way for you. He went to hell. You don't have to. He shed his blood. You probably won't have to do that unless you are persecuted to the extent that you may die for the cause of Christ, which is a privilege. It's not something that you should fear. 
And that Jesus Christ, he offers that to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. If you will take time and give your heart over to Christ Jesus, recognize, you know, Jesus said you must be born again. He didn't say might be nice if you were. You must be born again. You are out of fellowship with God. Your relationship with God has been broken. You are right now serving Satan in his kingdom by default. If you are not intentionally making a decision to know God, you are serving Satan by default. That service to Satan will place you in hell. As you reject God's word, you will wind up in hell to spend eternity apart from the children of God. But you can do something about that today. Repent. Father God, I am sorry. I recognize I'm a sinner. I recognize I need a Savior. Jesus Christ died, went to hell for me. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit of God, Father. Bring me back home into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.